1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
0: Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true.
2: Well, my friends, as Vince McMahon once said in the summer of 1991, it's summertime and the living ain't easy. It's
0: summertime and the living is anything but easy. We have a
2: busy weekend on our hands this weekend, guys, here with SummerSlam on the Horizon, NXT TakeOver. This is Top Rope Nation, episode 110. We're here to break it all down for you, plus some breaking news that we have here at the top of the show to get into. But uh, before we get to that, let's talk to the hosts. My name is Ryan Drosty of ComicBook.com. Joined here, we've got Kyle Ross, Justin Joint. Uh, I've had a really busy week, guys. I don't know about you. Kyle, what's been going on with you this week? I'm just ready for the biggest party of the summer, brother. Oh, yes. I love SummerSlam. Growing up, SummerSlam was always one of my favorite pay-per-views. I don't know about you. I love that theme song. The old school one? Yes, I miss it tremendously. Yes. Well, I think you may have heard it at the top of the broadcast, if you're lucky. I haven't done the Uh-oh. editing yet, but I may—I might throw that in the intro. We'll see. Uh, Justin, what's going on?
3: I'm still fuming over my mother-in-law drinking my last coconut migration single-speed beer.
2: Oh, such a great beer. you got to stock up, man, before it's all gone. They said they're only canning that for a limited time, so go get a couple of them.
3: stuff's really expensive compared to their other stuff. It's true. It's true.
2: It's more limited. That's why. Got to ramp up their profit margins. But uh, great beer. I am drinking a, uh, what is it, BrewDog. It's one of their hazy IPAs. Pretty good. Oh, BrewDog. Yeah. Picked that up in Chicago this weekend. That was my busy week. Took uh, my two kids and my wife to the Windy City, the greatest city in the United States. We are there for two nights, and I uh, got my deep-dish pizza at Lou Malnati's, the greatest deep-dish pizza you can get in the Windy City, I, b- I believe, in my opinion. And uh, and then, guys, on, what was that? Let's see, was it Tuesday? No, Monday, I was at the Shed Aquarium. My phone was lighting up, and uh, we got quite the topic, I think, we're going to have to talk about here on the podcast in a couple weeks when the news slows down, but uh, I took my phone out of the... Uh, my. My daughter was looking at the tiger shark in the tank, and I took my phone out, and I've got like 10 or 15 missed texts from you guys just going back and forth on this WrestleMania topic, rebooking some old WrestleMania moments. I like it. It's going to be good. You guys are having a lot of fun with that.
1: I had a lot more I could even share, too. I will send you guys an email midweek like, hey, here's an, here's my
2: alternate universe for WrestleMania 11, but I decided <laughs> to save it.
1: Uh, I can't wait, can't wait
3: to
2: hear it. this was this was Justin's idea, by the way. So uh, we are we're definitely gonna be breaking that out here. In a <laughs> and few weeks. And, I've, and I've been waiting for two years for someone to ask that question.
1: <laughs> He's just been sitting on it here just waiting. I know I have it. I was like, God man. as soon as you asked that, Justin, I was like, oh, I am in heaven right now.
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, guys, as we say every week, uh, if you're new to the show or if you've been listening for a long time, if you haven't done so, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. helps us out uh, if you write a review. We'll read it on the show. It's been several weeks since we've had a review come in. We've had had another five-star rating come in this week, so we appreciate that. But uh, leave us a written review, and we'll read it on the air in this segment here every week. Uh, we are also available on Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, The whole show, the whole archives, everything about the show, uh, short profiles about all of us, uh, links to all of our merch. It's available at topropenation.com. And uh, as always, guys, you can check us out on Patreon, by the way. We do have a giveaway coming up here in two weeks. You can find those details, even if you're not a supporter on Patreon, over at patreon.com slash nation. Uh, Two weeks, we'll be raffling off the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Macho Man Randy Savage Slim Jim WWE Elite figure, which uh, last I checked is going for over $80 a piece on eBay. You can get one for free if you win the raffle. Check it out. The details, like I said, are over on our Patreon page. Um, depending on how much patronage you've pledged to the show, will de- depend uh, or will determine how many times your name gets in the raffle. We'll, the raffle will happen live on YouTube. You'll be able to watch it live to see who the big winner is, and we will get that out to you. And then, of course, you know, depending on which tier you sign up for on our Patreon page, we can send you a free shirt in the mail. We can send you a free sticker, uh, and you get all the bonus shows. So you get Top Rope Nation Extra, only available on Patreon, where we will review. This coming weekend, SummerSlam 2019, and uh, probably also NXT TakeOver in the same show. You get Top Rope Nation Classics. We just put out one, what was that, a week or two ago now? Um, we've got several editions of Top Rope Nation yeah, Classics. Super
1: Bowl too. I've gotten some tremendous feedback on that show, by the way.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a fun show. Yeah. Um, I think our patron Liam told me that was that was his favorite one we've done so far. So yeah, uh, he's texted me the same. Yeah, so check that out. You can o- like I said, you can only hear it on Patreon. Uh, I think it's worth it signing up. You get the exclusive content. If you like the standard show we do each and every week, you'll love Top Rope Nation Classics. You'll love Top Rope Nation Extra. And hell, if you even just want to try your hand at winning that awesome figure, which is very valuable. As I said, it's long sold out. You could only get it at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, and one website, which sold out in under an hour when they put them up. only way to get it at this point is to win our raffle. So uh, sign up for the raffle, and you get the exclusive content for one month. See what all the fuss is about. So uh, check it out, patreon.com slash Rope nation. And I did want to say, uh, this week, normally we live stream exclusive to Patreon every week. This week, uh, the show is not going out live because... YouTube removed Google Hangouts, which is how we usually record live, and we post that link exclusive to Patreon supporters so they get the show early. Um, We're looking at changing up our live feed a little bit. We're going to test it out after we get done recording tonight, but uh, I've been kind of playing around with some new software to kind of soup up our production a little bit. I think uh, it'll look pretty sweet when it's all set up. I didn't quite have it ready this week yet but uh it's looking like we're going to try it out next week it'll be a live stream on youtube once again with a lot more options than we had on our previous live streams and uh we might open this one up for sure next week uh, just to see what the reception is like with you know the new technology we're planning on implementing. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page because I think we're going to open that up to the world, Patreon and non-Patreon. You can watch the show live the night before the podcast releases. Head on over to youtube.com slash nation, Hit the subscribe button. And uh, next week we'll live stream. We'll test out the new software, see what you guys think. And we might make the live stream each and every week open to the world get more involvement from all the wrestling fans on youtube and uh hopefully spread the word on top rope nation so uh guys as i said a little bit ago there was breaking news just a few minutes before we went on the air uh this came out of this week's wrestling observer newsletter i'm not sure if you saw it yet we haven't even talked about it off air kyle you've seen it uh and this relates to nxt and fs1 justin did you see the story
3: uh didn't see the story, just uh the show notes.
2: Okay. So basically Meltzer confirmed in the Observer this week that uh NXT is going to FS one Wednesday nights this fall, eight to ten o'clock Eastern, directly head to head with AEW Wednesday night. So guys, the Wednesday night wars are official. Uh Triple H did a media call this morning for NXT Takeover in SummerSlam and uh, he was asked about this and he said there was a lot of things in motion you know he didn't he didn't make the announcement WWE hasn't officially made the announcement but according to Meltzer this was signed around a month ago and and so like certain I think advertisers or people working for Fox obviously they're aware that this is happening so I just want to throw it around the horn Uh, what are your thoughts on this good idea bad idea uh, more wrestling to consume, and it drastically changes the NXT product too. So, Justin, what are your initial thoughts upon hearing this? Uh,
3: initial thought is I, I'm worried what it's going to do to NXT, um, which you know I don't get to watch as much as I used to, um, but it's you know it's pretty consistently good television. Um, you know, I I love wrestling but I'm not about to consume nine hours of it a week. But, you know, having said that, them competing head-to-head could make for a really fun night of wrestling and, you know, doing the channel flipping, you know, back like, you know, I'm sure we all did during the Monday Night Wars, um, could really, you know, up the ante for uh, both NXT and uh, AEW. Um, I guess my one my big concern is just, you know, more – uh, uh Wrestlers from like the main roster coming into NXT just to kind of fill it out instead of maybe, you know, just trying to write better stories to make a good television show.
2: Yeah, it kind of sounds like that's what they're going to do too, um, to kind of make AEW feel small time, I guess, because the NXT product is, you know, it's similar to what AEW is going to offer. The more athletic guys, the more athletic indie style, if you will, (laughs) matches. And uh, WWE can supplement that by sending any of the main roster guys down all the time to try to beef up that show. Uh, But I would agree with you because who knows what this will do to the NXT product. It sounds like they're going to go live each and every week. And so I don't know if that means NXT's touring every week now or how they're going to do that. It would seem like the taping multiple weeks television thing then would be something of the past. Although it's not clear how this would affect their WWE network. Um, show or if that's going to continue or what's going to happen there. So, Kyle, your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's the big thing to keep an eye on
1: is are we going, you know, it's probably going to be live. So are we saying buy to full sale? Um, And it's going to be a vastly different product going from pre-tape to live and obviously one to two hours. And then there is, you just mentioned it. What are we doing with that one hour on the WWE Network? Um, Meltzer in the pack past had talked about the idea and it's not a bad idea that, you know, there is so much backlog talent in NXT right now. I mean, you look at the name, we're going to be talking about takeover uh, a little bit in this show. You look at the names that aren't on this takeover card. It's incredible. I mean, you you could put together a second takeover basically with the names that (laughs) are sitting this one out. So, and then you have. In addition to all the Triple H's shiny indie toys that get brought in, and some of which are collecting dust, you have you know that other function. Oh, by the way, of NXT developmental, where these guys are just like pushed way to the back. Mm-hmm. So you know, Meltzer had brought up that idea where, well, you know, this TV show would be a mix of main roster guys and you know guys who are more for lack of a better term, big-time TV-ready to be on, whereas the network show could feature a lot more of the developmental, quote-unquote, talent. Um, Going two hours is interesting. Um, You know, NXT is a show that I like to consume, you know, often. You know, I don't watch it necessarily always every week, but I like to, you know, it's it's easy to consume, you know, two or three episodes in a row Um, moving to two hours. That's obviously... um, you know, not as easy. Who's mm-hmm. got six hours? But um, you know, Justin mentioned it, and I agree with him. It'll be a fun two hours slipping back and forth. You know, because some, I mean, you know, the three hours. Um, if you watch Raw live, man, that feels like a real slog. Yeah. Just watching one show. I mean, me personally, you know, I'll pull pull back the curtain. I start the show late and fast forward the commercials.
2: Oh yeah, why would you? You know, so?
1: yeah. Uh, so I, you know, so I mean, that'll be interesting. It'll be fun going back and forth and you know i mean we've had comments from i think stephanie uh today talking about how competition's good and you know th- there is a lot of under th- there is a lot of under underexplos- look at this Kushida, i mean this guy's gathering dust mm-hmm. th- th- there is as much as we all kind of lament how much first run television there is on wwe tv i think we lament it because it's generally not good but You know, with NXT, I mean, there is enough talent to do a two-hour show there. And especially if you're mixing in main roster guys. Right.
3: Well, all I know is I'll be happy with it as long as NXT debuts fake Dean Ambrose.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You hear that engine starting up, the old theme song? (laughs) God. Yeah, I just thought of this, you know. How much extra product that is? You you mentioned it, Justin. Nine hours a week of of wrestling television, or maybe double digits if they keep that one-hour show on the WWE Network. You're talking NXT going to three hours a week versus one. Then you got your two hours in FS1, another hour in the WWE Network, got your two-hour SmackDown, you got your three-hour Raw. Like, oh my god, (laughs) AEW two hours. Yeah, it's a lot it's a lot there's no way anyone could digest that much at least not if you have a family that you want to keep <laughs> so yeah there's gonna be a I lot think that thought. last parts the key by <laughs> the way. What to keep yes so uh <laughs> it's exciting times though with the, yeah it, it will be like the past it'll be like the 90s again with the channel flipping but uh would you guys be more predisposition to watch one of them live and watch watch one of them on delay or do you think it would vary week to week
3: yeah. In there's so many unanswered questions so what the AEW show is going to look like is just almost impossible to say right now obviously i think you know the first AEW show would definitely be watching that one and um nxt will be in the background but uh it'll just kind of depend going forward uh how they stack up against each other
1: yeah what about you kyle Very cool flipping back and forth, maybe having them both DVR'd, and then, you know, you go back, anything you missed. That's the beauty. You didn't have that luxury in 1997 in the raw nitro days. Absolutely,
2: yeah. All right. Well, should we get to SummerSlam? Let's dive right in. It is the biggest party of the summer. All right, so as we get into SummerSlam, I just wanted to ask you guys real quick. We do this every year, I think, but uh, maybe your opinions have changed. Looking back at your childhood... Favorite SummerSlam memories. Justin Joy, let's start with you.
3: Bret Hart missed perfect for the Intercontinental title. That was, uh, that might have been the match that made me a Bret Hart fan and uh, really set me off on a, on a fandom that was just outside of uh, Hulk Hogan and muscles and stuff. Yeah. Love that match.
1: Kyle. Young Kyle would be. Ultimate War winning the IC title back from Rick Rude. Kind of post-college would be Shawn Michaels returning in 02. And older Kyle would be that CM Punk Brock Lesnar match. Mm, nice. By the way, there will be a special SummerSlam edition of the Deep Dive this week. Oh,
2: very nice. Looking and forward I to that just, one. And I, and I may have just spoiled it, so that was real. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you don't actually have it. You actually don't have it in the show. I just scrolled down to in our show notes as you said that. I, I Patreon added, supporters get by the way, but
1: Yeah, I added actually uh it there and I you, you there there's a new copy floating around in the interwebs, by the way. I, I shared, I,
2: I jotted a few notes down oh, and reshared okay. with you. Nice. All right. Well yeah, for me I think uh SummerSlam ninety four, Bretton Owen, the cage match, loved that as a kid um summerslam 97 i love the build to that show i love the poster to that show with brett with the undertaker kind of in the background heart and soul yep i love that the whole theme of that show uh we we actually reviewed that show by the way on top rope nation classics in addition to summerslam 91 which justin (laughs) mentioned you can check that out on patreon really good shows i did those last summer um but uh what else love the uh the video package for the highway to hell in 98 that was let's say i was in 98 going into freshman year of high school love the highway to hell summer slam and then uh i just think i think the 2002 summer slam you mentioned it kyle with hbk coming back i think that is the best summer slam of all time would you I guys would agree? agree yes Stat card, that's another one we could do on Top Rope Nation Classic sometime, but uh, yeah, overall, love SummerSlam, uh, I always liked the build to it, in, in the past, it kind of just brings back a lot of nostalgia as a kid, um, you know, kind of that huge show, that halfway point after uh, WrestleMania, until you get to the next WrestleMania, that's how, kind of how I always looked at it. So as we transition to talking about this year's SummerSlam, guys, I wanted to pose a question to you that um, I just answered. We were writing up our SummerSlam preview over at comicbook.com. It should be available right now. Uh, But the first question in the article was, what is your anticipation level for this year's SummerSlam on a scale of 1 to 10 and why? So I'm going to throw that around the horn have you guys explain to me what what your anticipation level is and why one through 10. And then I'll tell you what I said in the article. Go ahead, Justin. Um, man,
3: it it's, I'm intrigued. Uh, there, there's some intriguing things that I, I think they could do with this show. Uh, you know, the, I don't know, just the booking has been so up and down, uh, since WrestleMania, you know that my optimism is a little low, but I think the card is is it looks like it could be something special or it could at least be good or or exceed expectations.
2: So would you say one through ten with ten being the highest? Your anticipation level.
3: Um, Six and, a half. Six and Six and two thirds. Okay.
2: <laughs> all right, Kyle.
1: I hate the number gimmick. I love comicbook.com with all my heart and soul, but I got to hate this number gimmick. And, but you're going to make me do it, aren't you? Yep. Um, all right. So my anticipation level is not strong for this particular edition of SummerSlam. I was actually thinking earlier today, um, you know, I remember the first SummerSlam, and I'm trying to think of are there any SummerSlams, and there probably are. Um, I came up with a few that I'd look forward to less than this one. Um, You know, I go back to my comments uh, after the superstar shakeup. I said, what are the big time matches exactly? We have to look forward to in this promotion. And well, (laughs) we're here at SummerSlam. And I think we've got the answers to that question. uh, None. You know, (laughs) there's a lot of reasons I love this show. But one of them is, you know, I think you can look back and I think we're pretty objective and consistent with our takes. And, you know, I, I feel that it's something I've met, mentioned multiple times. I feel that, you know, I just did not feel that there were many big time matchups on the horizon in this promotion. I do not feel that there is a big time main event on this card. SummerSlam always indicative of post-WrestleMania booking. and In the case of 2019, the booking has been haphazard. Justin alluded to this. No long term vision. And we have the, quote, fluid card. Heading into this year, where you know we still may have more matches announced, despite no more TV and just a couple of days left.
2: Yeah, we talked about so, that last week about how the, a lot of these last matches they weren't given hardly any time to breathe in the build. Yeah. So, um, for my number, four. Ooh, four. It's pretty low. Yeah, I said in the article seven, um, but that's six to seven range somewhere in there. I'm pretty much right where Justin is. I feel like there's two matches on this card that should be very, very good. Uh, and that's Kofi and Orton and uh, AJ and Ricochet. Uh, I feel like there's a couple other interesting things with, you know, what happens with Bray debuting his first match with the new gimmick and everything. Uh, but then there's a lot of stuff on the card I, I don't like, like Dolph and Goldberg. I'm not a big fan of the main event either with Brock and Seth. So, yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty up and down on it too. But... Uh, do you, I mean in terms of that hook, that main event?
1: Can't you make the case that this one's about as bereft of a big hook as any SummerSlam in history? Like, what's the big hook? Like this show, if, if on a traditional pay per view, would die yeah. in that market. Like, there's just no big hook whatsoever. That's a, uh, the
3: uh, like what main events. What ends this show?
1: I actually have a point about that um, when we break down some of the individual matches and something that I thought was really interesting with WWE television this week, how they chose uh, to close both shows. I think it's very indicative of modern WWE and quite frankly, the lack of, you know, big time main events. Yeah.
2: Well, guys, uh, before we dive into the matches here and just briefly go through them all one by one with the predictions, we do want to give a shout out to our friends at WrestleRumble.com. Uh, go ahead and head over to WrestleRumble.com. Get yourself an entry in the SummerSlam Pick'Em Contest where you can win upwards of $1,000 for entry. $1,000. dollars you got to be kidding me. Nope. First place gets a thousand dollars, second place, a hundred dollars, third place, a hundred dollars. That is the SummerSlam pick 'em. You predict the winners, you predict, you know, how long the matches are going to go, weapon usage, all kinds of stuff. Makes watching the show a lot of fun. Uh, you can get yourself one entry for ten dollars, three entries for twenty bucks, or up to five entries for thirty dollars. Kyle, Justin, and myself, we play it every time. You can see if you can beat us in the standings when that email goes out on Monday morning and, uh, you know, try to win some money. They're also doing an NXT Takeover Toronto pick 'em as well. First Ooh. place in that one gets a NXT Championship replica belt. Uh, second through fifth place get a free entry into the AEW All Out pick 'em. So, they're doing that as well. Uh, so, check them out and also follow us on Twitter at Top Rope Nation. Where we will be giving away a free entry, as we do each and every time WrestleRumble does one of these games, into their pick'em. So hopefully you can turn that free entry into some money. If not, it's definitely worth the ten bucks to get yourself an entry. You can win a thousand dollars, and it'll 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 add to the enjoyment. I think of uh, watching SummerSlam for you. My
1: interest level just jumped up to a six and a half or seven. I'll say you you that. Go.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, So WrestleRumble.com. Good people over there. It's a lot of fun. Um, all right, guys. So just match by match. We're not going to spend a ton of time on every match on this card because we don't want this to be like a four-hour show here. But uh, with, no, I want to start out. We don't? No, I really do not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you guys, but I don't have four hours to talk about this weekend tonight. My, uh, my kids have been up constantly throughout the night lately, and uh, I, I know that's coming here shortly. So got to get the show in the can. Um, let's see. Finn Balor and the fiend Bray Wyatt. So uh, thoughts on this one. I, I'm definitely going to throw it to Justin first because he is our resident Finn Balor mark here on the show. I mean, I like Finn a lot too, but Justin is he's the over the- top Finn Balor fan here. And uh, we know Finn is going on to, uh, how should I put this? greener pastures <laughs> as he's taken some time off to to be with his his lady friend who you've all probably seen on instagram uh he's taken some much earned time off and uh so i i don't expect him to win this match so justin what are you looking for out of this one
3: um th- i think this is by far the easiest match to pick on this show uh bray wyatt Um, so I guess what I'm really looking for is, uh, this whole fiend character, you know, does, does Bray wrestle with that mask on? Um, I wouldn't think so, but that's what I'm going to be looking at. Seeing if, if his style has maybe changed up a little bit or if it's basically just Bray Wyatt, uh, and really the only thing that's changed is he's called the fiend.
1: Yeah. Kyle. Yeah. Well, we have new music, uh, he has not wrestled in, what, like a year? So, yeah, interesting to see uh, how he works, if it's any different. I think this match should be short. I think it should be definitive. And I think the crowd's going to cheer for Bray
2: Wyatt. I think so, too. Uh, especially with Finn not breaking out the demon for this.
1: Yeah, yeah, and one thing that's very interesting here, just big picture, there's, what, 10 matches right now officially announced on this card? It, at one point, you know in the Observer Meltzer's report and that we were looking at like 12 or 14. I hope there's not many more additions because now, you know, let's say this goes short. There's obviously another match we're going to get to. That's going to be pretty short. These matches can breathe a little bit. 12 to 14, too many matches.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Bray Wyatt's last televised match as I'm, I'm looking at cage match.net here was uh Monday night raw, August 13th, 2018 last yeah, basically year. Basically a year. Yeah, wow. he's worked some several house shows since then, but his last house show match was December 30th of last year, so uh, he did work the the much-talked-about WWE Starcade show in Cincinnati really? on short notice. He was not advertised for that, but uh, yeah, it's been a while since anyone's seen him work on TV, so that'll be interesting. What do you think? Should the match be short?
3: Yes, it should be a squash.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, you got Finn leaving. You got this new character you want to put over strong. And, you know, for what whatever you want to say about Finn Balor, you know, he does have the lineage of being a universal champion. So if uh, he gets beat very strongly by Bray here, I mean, that's that's a good way to, to get the new character over right away. So I think so.
1: And then Finn can be brought back as a heel. I think that's something we're all kind of have bandied about oh, over yeah. the last several weeks on this particular podcast. Absolutely.
2: Okay. But yeah, I would agree with Justin. I think easiest easiest match on the show to predict. So get that one down on your wrestle rumble commentary. Yeah, well, co easy is true. There's one other one. Um all right. Trish Stratus and Charlotte Flair. Uh Kyle wrote on the on the show notes. He has two questions here. So i, I went back and I did some research on this today. I wrote an article about Trish on comic book because she had given an interview and Ooh. I was looking into her match history. The last um, so she's worked one singles match. Since uh, 2011. And back in 2011, I think it was, she worked Vicky Guerrero in a like two minute match. It really meant nothing. All her other matches since then have been like these tag team matches, the Royal Rumble appearance. If you want to find an actual singles match that would have pushed her a little bit, you have to go back to Unforgiven 2006, which, as you will recall, was her retirement match in Toronto in this very building where she won the women's title from Lita. So it's been 13 years since Trish has had like a real singles match. So with her going out here against Charlotte Flair, she's going to get a huge pop from her hometown crowd. Um is there any prayer that Trish Stratus goes over in this match and what are you guys looking for out of this one? Mr. Joint, you first.
3: My big question is I there's no way that both the Canadian ladies on this card lose their matches.
2: I, I find that hard to believe. You're yet, coming a, around, aren't you? To what I said last week.
3: Well, but see that's the thing is I I I think, you know, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair should both win. Um, having said, you know, I think I think Charlotte Flair's one that I mean has to. Because uh, I, I don't know how much longer they can draw out a story with Trish Stratus and you know how long she plans on staying with the company. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Charlotte.
2: Yeah. I mean, I suppose with Charlotte being a heel, you could do some kind of BS finish and have Trish go over. Um, they're, they're probably transitioning Charlotte back in the title picture, though. So, I mean, I would think you'd want her to go over strong here but depending on what's planned in that natty match with Becky uh, who knows but, uh, but I would I, w- I would think too I would think I would agree with you that you would think Charlotte would win here
3: the the other part of it is like you know SummerSlam's not quite WrestleMania but you you do have a lot of uh hardcore fans at this show and it's like you know depending on where this match is on the card is there some backlash if you know assuming another legend on this card goes over that Trish Stratus would go over Charlotte Flair would kind of get a little little heat.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know. In Toronto, I don't think so. But if it was anywhere else, I think, yeah, that could definitely happen. Kyle, what do you think? What are your two questions? First question,
1: was Trish always this bad on promos? <laughs> I mean, was she just not – I mean, I don't know. It's been – like you said, I mean, it's been – You know, 13 years since she's been a regular member of this roster. And I was trying to think, you know, she probably wasn't sent out to the ring to do these, you know, you say your bit while I stand there and then I will offer my rebuttal. Hmm. (laughs) You know, this scripted scenario that we're in. I mean, promos were scripted back then, obviously. But, you know, this whole scenario. I remember this uh, leading up to Evolution, I believe I asked this. Like, she just is... Like God bless her,
2: she's bad on promos, like real bad. Well, some of it's the material, and she's it's been her away from a done. long time, though. Too. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, and her, I mean, her um, and, and the material. You're right. I mean, it seems like you know, it's just like insert like mom joke for Charlotte here, mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and then Trish replies like. You think you're blazing trails? Well, you wouldn't have even had a trail if it wasn't for me. It is very cookie cutter material. Um, my second question is this: um, you know, I'll, we'll get into this again with Kofi and Orton about you know how WWE seems to kind of be building this narrative with Kofi. He needs to beat a legend like Randy Orton to really solidify himself as the champion. Um, I actually don't think that's accurate, to be honest. Um, And nor do I think it's accurate that Charlotte Flair needs to beat Trish to solidify her legacy. My question is, second one, after the Trish promo, does anyone really think, like, you know, you bring a legend back because it's like, okay, like this, uh, this present day star gets the, my God, they just beat a legend. I can't believe it. Does anyone really think Trish is... Better than Charlotte? Like her
2: career? Because hmm. it's not. At this <laughs> I'm sorry. Point, at this point, probably not. At, at not. one point, Trish was was seen as the top yeah, she, women's wrestler.
1: But, like, I, I know they built that narrative. But, like, a lot of that was, you know, she was one of the f- very few that was good in a bad era. Like, Charlotte freaking main evented a WrestleMania. Like... I don't think like you know, does beating Trish Stratus is ever like, whoa, Charlotte Flair is a made woman now. Like, really? So I, I I think
2: the purpose of this match I don't know if I buy it. Well, you know, she's a legend. She's a Hall of Famer. Obviously, as a performer, she's not as good as Charlotte. Uh, but you know, as a performer, someone like Hogan wasn't as good as. Austin. Yeah, but
1: like, but I'm saying like Trish isn't. I just think the narrative that Trish is like this all time legend. I don't know if that's accurate. Like, I I think Charlotte Flair is just a much bigger star than Trish Stratus ever was.
2: Hmm. It's it's yeah, I I would agree. I think Charlotte's career outranks Trish for sure. But I do think I do think Trish was was a big star in her era and was Mm -hmm. heads and shoulders above the other women she was competing against. Like you said, it was a weaker era for women's wrestling for sure. Um, but I also saw her as someone that learned the business really quickly. I mean, she was brought in just to be a manager that people stared at and she became a pretty darn good performer for that era. So, I mean, I think she's, I think she's respected and she is someone that fans look at as a legend in the women's division. I don't want to disparage her, but I just don't think she like her career is as impressive as Charlotte Flair's
1: is. I just don't. and, And by the way, I've been someone who's been critical of Charlotte Flair in the past. Um, Justin has actually talked me into taking Trish in this match. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. Justin talked me into taking, because you, you know, when this match was first hinted at, and you know, I, I was pretty critical about how inorganic the build for this has been. Um, we all were like, are the Canadian women going to really go over two on this card? and i think it's a very good question they could but i just don't think they will and i don't think anyone is expecting trish to win this which i think has hurt the build and i could see them doing a two match scenario where you know trish gets the win in her hometown and then she does a you know she does the favor on the next show yeah i'm actually i because i am because Justin does raise the good point that the Canadian women aren't going 0-2, and I just do not believe Natty Nighthart should win against Becky Lynch, I'm gonna go with Trish here. I may change it on my Wrestle Rumble thing, but I don't know. just listening to Justin talk, I was like, you know what? I think they might I think they might pull the old uh, swerve with Trish here.
3: You know, I gotta say, listening to Kyle praise me. Makes me want to go with uh, Kyle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and as as I said, I think you can get away with it here with Charlotte being a heel. heel. Yeah, yes. And there's a way they can do it to get the crowd happy that Trish. Charlotte
1: can be overconfident. Like to me, like that it would just play into the story. Like I don't like. I think people view this as eh, true. They're just bringing Trish back to lose to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And I think like Trish. You know, um, kind of getting like, I don't know, like winning with like a small package or something like, a, you know, y- getting a surprise victory over an overconfident Charlotte. I can see them telling that story. For the, and by the way, as far as Trish goes as a performer, she looked, she was good at evolution in that tag match. That tag match had was better than it had any right to be back in October. So um, it's not that Trish is a bad performer. I just don't think her career is as impressive as Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Who, again, main event at WrestleMania.
2: Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, Hmm, I think I'm going to take Trish here too. Oh! Well, I started to talk myself into it (laughs) earlier on, talking about the heel face dynamic, and yeah, I I think he could do it. They obviously have to have a return match if that happens, but uh, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, All right. This one should be an easy one. Dolph Ziggler, Bill Goldberg. Our, our comic book preview was: uh, Should the match last one minute? <laughs> should it go beyond one minute? And uh, I said probably not, since Kevin Owens beat Dolph Ziggler, and what was it like, seventeen seconds or something like that?
1: God, was that a great match?
2: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I could watch
1: that again. I might, I might throw that. I might re- put that as the deep dive of the week. <laughs>
2: I you know, obviously Goldberg's going to win here. Uh, the match is just completely pointless. It's just a wasted match on the card. Like, wouldn't you so much rather see some of these other matches that were talked about for this show that may or may not still be added, like either Roman and Brian or Roman and Buddy Murphy, on the card officially, than this pile of crap? Justin?
3: I mean, I'm not really a fan of either of these guys, so yes. <laughs> uh, having said that, I think I brought it up last week that... On a bloated card, you need a match like this and a match like uh, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt to keep the match times down, let other matches have more more time. boy, um, well, you know, with almost anybody else on this roster other than Ziggler, y- you could make a case for Goldberg losing, maybe having like a seven- to eight-minute competitive match, but I don't think it's going to be less than one minute. Um, Goldberg apparently wants to get the bad taste out of his mouth from the match with Undertaker. So I, I think they are going to give it a little bit of time. But yeah, Goldberg's going over here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Goldberg's going to win. It's not going to be long. And it is just sort of humorous how the WWE has become a promotion where legends get mea culpas. And let's be fair, The Undertaker got quite a few of them, you know, until he finally um, last month the tag with Reigns, the Graveyard Dogs. uh, They had a good one. And um, so, you know, them giving Bill this Mea Culpa leads me to believe that they're going to use him again in the future. Because why else do you do this? Yeah. Like, okay, you had a shitty match. Well, if you're not going to use him again, who cares, really? So this leads me to believe that this will not be the final wwe match for william goldberg and something else i want to point out one final thing is if ziggler gets squashed here like we all think he's going to he better not beat the miz on monday night or tuesday whatever because you know the miz alluded to in that promo hey you know we'll wrestle on raw i can wait till then you know they better not do that that would be atrocious yeah um and what actually i do have actually that wasn't my final thought I have one more why was Shawn Michaels involved in this program? What was the purpose of that? It was like the crowd, because they are clued in and it's 2019, they did chant for Goldberg, you know, once Michael said, it's not me. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, at first when Miz is like, it's not me, they all look to Shawn. And if, you know, if you're somebody who like greatly prefers Shawn Michaels to Bill Goldberg, you know, that kind of, sort of has an adverse effect on your booking him being out there. Like there was really
2: no need for Sean to be out there. Did they think Bill might get cold feet and not do the match? I was thinking that too. Like, wouldn't most people rather see Sean Michaels and Bill Goldberg? (laughs) Um, I
1: actually, I actually would not in this situation.
2: Given how this match is going to go, for what Justin said, it's going to be short. I like, I would I would rather see Shawn Michaels just because the match makes more more sense because Dolph Ziggler has cosplayed HBK's entire career and at I least you could build to, out of that.
1: I do not want to see cosplay Shawn Michaels against Shawn Michaels <laughs> because the match would go get too much time because Lord knows Shawn ain't doing coming back for a five minute match.
2: Well, I think the one the next one on the card here we're going to talk about is one that should be incredibly short too, so you can still have the short matches, but... You know, yeah, this this, this this guy went 30 minutes with The Undertaker at WrestleMania, and you
1: think this is going to be short. <laughs> it I got should be, John, I got some John Delaney for president
2: signs that you might be interested <laughs> in, too, okay? Wait, why do you have those signs? I was joking. You think I would have <laughs> something like that? Uh, we're, we're alluding to KO versus Shane McMahon, but uh, I think that one should be a really short match. It probably won't be. It should be, but uh, yeah, here... Easily, Goldberg gets the win. This match does nothing for me. So, yeah. Moving on. Owens beats Shane McMahon. Hopefully. Hopefully it doesn't go too long. You should want to put over this guy that you've been pushing strong on television. Strongly, Kevin Owens. Shane McMahon needs to not enter a ring and compete ever again. Justin?
3: (laughs) You know, Kevin Owens has been using the stunner. They've been... uh kind of promoting him as this kind of Stone Cold-esque character. I I could see a scenario with some shenanigans. Shane McMahon wins and uh, Kevin Owens has to, uh, I I don't know, use uh, different methods to get his way back into the company.
2: That is just awful. (laughs) I I kind of have thought that. I'm gonna that tell is you what. So, so bad. Okay, Get so this I'm guy pointing. off of TV. Oh. I
1: agree. I agree. Look, I agree with you, Ryan. But here's the thing, okay? Number one, um, as someone who has advocated for Kevin Owens to be a babyface for a long time, I'm very happy to see him exceeding in this and performing well in this role. I, I really am. Um, he should win, but here's the issue what do you do with him if he does win? That's a question that you need to ask. Um because I don't have that answer readily available.
2: Hmm. Yeah, that's like
3: that was kind of my thinking, and and going with Shane is that as much as we want him to go away, it's not. It makes for a better storyline going forward.
1: I don't know if it'll be better. I think it just makes for you know you've got all this TV and you can fill it up with. Okay, well let me let me adjust my statement it
3: makes for a storyline going forward
1: okay yeah there we go um the argument clearly that ryan uh, would make i think i don't i hesitate to put words in your mouth mr droste uh, leader of america's youth but <laughs> <laughs> the idea of shane winning here is somewhat nauseating in the sense that he would then have wins over three baby faces Roman Reigns, and by that, we should mention Roman a little bit here because he's not on the card. I think he's going to show up, at, and they're going to further that storyline, obviously. But, you know, Roman never getting his win back after they made a big deal about it in the Saudi Arabia show. The Miz never got a win over him. So, like, the idea that Shane McMahon has these three wins over babyfaces when the frickin' Undertaker got to come back. You know, again, Mia Culpas and Pitom, that is just nauseating. In my opinion, as much as I don't have an idea for Owens, Owens just winning here and keeping his momentum as a babyface, in my heart, is the right call.
2: I feel they're not going to do it, though. Mm. Oh, Under no circumstance should Kevin Owens lose this match. I, I don't care, like, what how you try to justify it it should not happen
1: no you're right absolutely and, not and the one thing and
2: you know that this isn't really been the case this was always like remember
1: you know oh, by the way we're the 15 year anniversary of bizarro world oh, yeah. we should mention that SummerSlam 2004 one of the absolute worst SummerSlams. by the way uh something that will never be on the deep dive of the week uh,
2: anything from that show
1: but don't get um, any
2: ideas patrons <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, you know, in back in that era, remember, it was always like, you know, whoever was strong on the go home show would then lose on the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Shane was strong on the go home show. You know, they, they did the beat down. And by the way, I couldn't help but think what a bit player that this Elias has become. This was a guy who got some of the best reactions or at least consistent reactions week to week with his shtick. And now he's just doing the grunt work for Shane, not singing, no songs, sad yeah real bad <laughs> makes me want to vomit yeah uh, um I, I i don't know if shane mcmahon all i'll say is this if shane mcmahon wins i will be the
2: least surprised person in the room yeah
1: they had him beat roman reigns
2: yeah i mean i'm, I'm gonna pick kevin owens here and hope that that doesn't happen a good canadian by the way that's true owens. your official picks guys
3: I honestly forgot about the whole Canada aspect of it. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Boy, that sure would bring a lot of heat on the crowd. I'm going to go Shane McMahon. Shane Shane O'Mac.
2: Oh, God. I might take Shane, too. Oh, no. I hope (laughs) I'm wrong.
1: I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to be right.
2: Okay. Cruiserweight title match. Gulak. Oni Lorcan. Gulak. Let's move on let me
1: tell you something i'm not going to allow that sort of besmirching of something this good if i if i die guys uh please feel free to make this the kyle ross memorial match feed this into my veins i just hope these guys <laughs> get time
2: i mean Oney lorkin is one hell of a follow on twitter by the way
1: Oni lorkin is an absolute american treasure as is Drew Book. These are two of my favorites in the entire promotion. As is promotion. Tommy
2: Lee of Motley Crue. Let me just throw yes, that out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, <laughs> yes, uh, I, I just – I hope that these guys are getting – look, it could be relegated to the pre-show. I just hope these guys are given some time to have the kind of match they deserve. Do something different. These are my – two of my favorites to watch in the entire promotion. What what two fantastic professional wrestlers we have here?
2: I'll go with Drew Gulak. All right, three for three. Uh, U.S. title match, AJ Ricochet. Uh, obviously, one of the matches going in. People see it as possibly stealing the show. Offense meant Dolph Ziggler. Sorry. Uh, yeah, these guys are going to have a hell of a match. And uh, are they? Yeah, I think so. Like I said earlier, I think this in the <laughs> they Kofi match. Yet. Yeah, this is SummerSlam. They're going to go all out. They're going to be given time, and uh, it they should tear it down. I think. And uh, as far as picking a winner here, though, goes, I'm struggling on that one. So I'm going to cheat. I'm going to hear your guys' thoughts first, Justin.
3: Boy, kind of just the same thing with the Shane McMahon Kevin Owens match. I just feel like things going forward would probably be just a little bit more interesting with AJ Styles being the champ and keeping the club strong. I mean, as relative as they have been to being strong. Um, And I don't think it really hurts Ricochet that much to lose to AJ Styles here. That said, it definitely feels like everything they've done has built to a, a Ricochet win, um but I'm gonna go with Styles.
1: <laughs> All right. Kyle. Ricochet is going to beat A.J. Styles eventually for the United States Championship. It's just a question of when. Um to Justin's point there, you know, if AJ loses here, there is the question of well what then for AJ? Um, you know, I would love them for them to come them being WWE to come up with You know AJ having a feud that doesn't involve a title. Uh, I don't know if it matters who's going to win. Here, Um, Ricochet's. I'll go Ricochet. I think eventually he's going to get it, and why not now? You guys didn't sway me either way. (laughs) I, I I don't feel strong about that. But to be honest with you, there's you know I didn't feel strong about that Trish pick or the Shane pick either.
2: Yeah. I mean there are this is going to be a tough wrestle rumble entry guys I got to say cuz there's mm-hmm. a lot of these matches are really hard to just, to pick a winner um hopefully that'll add to the enjoyment of watching the show but I think here uh man I don't know like I feel like keeping the title on Styles would be good with the with the OC and everything um uh, but yeah, it do, it does feel like television is is built up to Ricochet winning too. I don't. I'm gonna go Ricochet, but that yeah, could change by the day. I didn't think the Go Home segment for this was particularly
1: great. To be honest with you, it didn't really. Um, the six man from Raw didn't really make me like yearn for this match, even though I know on paper it could be very good. I actually think they do need to hit a home run because you know how many times we was oh this match should be real good and it's kind of like yeah it was good. It not real good. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm when I say good, I'm talking like match of the year contender. You know, we're, we're seeing all these matches in the G1 um, that are knocking it out of the park. These guys need something on that level. Oh, yeah, I agree. They, yeah, they have not done it yet. I mean, the match last pay-per-view wasn't that great. The TV matches haven't been that
2: great. They need to really get time and knock it out of the park. But they should be able to have a match like that. I mean, these two they guys, should. that's what I'm saying. I mean, your know, Second like biggest show of the year. They should break out everything here.
1: We say that about a lot of matches in this promotion, though. Oh, they, they you know, how is this not going to be a,
2: you know, a four plus star match? And then it's kind of like, yeah, it was not really that good. Or it was like good, but not great. I will be absolutely floored if this match doesn't get four stars in the Observer next week. What did he give the last one?
1: Extr- oh, I don't know. Let me look it up. But sure. I mean I don't know. I mean I, I was that like a good match? And I didn't think either TV match was that good either that they did. Or I think they did three TV matches, um, and none of them were like enthralling. I mean, like it's not like I'm rushing back to watch any of their matches they did. They've done.
3: You heard it here first, folks. AJ Styles overrated.
1: No, it's not I mean, have they been? These I mean, look, that that's the thing with me. It's like, okay, we like these guys, but the matches haven't been great. They just haven't been. Like, they're not something I would want to go back and a great match is something I want to go back and watch. I would not rewatch any of their matches they've had in the WWE. They've so,
2: been the they've,
3: they've been underwhelming, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, also the expectations
2: have been high. The uh the Extreme Rules match, which Went 16 and a half minutes, got three and three-fourths in the Observer. So I'm thinking they're going to go out to top that one. And it's a bigger show. I think they're going to be more amped up for this one. So that's why I'm saying if this doesn't get at least four, I'm going to be floored. I'll be shocked. We'll see. But uh, I mean, I'll
1: say this. You look at this card. If you're, you know, rationing out minutes... This should probably be given the most time. I'm not yeah. saying it will be, but it should be. Yeah, yeah. It, what
3: this at? one, this one deserves those
2: Triple H minutes. Oh yeah, definitely. Nothing deserves Triple H minutes. <laughs> um. All right, SmackDown Women's Title match.
1: We'll get to that with the main event of Takeover. By the way.
2: Yeah. Bailey Ember Moon. This is obviously one of the two challengers for the women's title that kind of came out of nowhere here. Um, to me, this has had the less interesting build, but I do like Ember Moon a lot. I hope she has kind of a coming out party here where, you know, people start to take her a little more seriously. Um, she's not playing off of a, a Bailey that's like a strong heel though yet. So I just feel like that dynamic hasn't been there to make this a real interesting match. Uh, I think Bailey will retain here, but, uh, I'm looking for Ember to, uh, Kind of come out and show something, Justin.
3: Uh, I'm, what what's the story for this? Just that they're two baby faces that want to fight each other, I guess. We're
2: just, we're just trying to raise that profile, of the SmackDown Women's Championship. I guess because Ember's main story has been <laughs> that Mandy and Sonya teaser, you know, and that's not really involved yeah. in this match. So and
1: they ended, yeah. Bailey just picked her, and then they kind of but she didn't just kind of she did there was that promo where she's like I want to defend against Ember Moon after they won a tag match against Mandy and Sonya mm-hmm. and then it was sort of like well then they started having these hard feelings and Bailey gave her a Bailey to Bailey you know and it was just yeah there there has been really no coherent storytelling here
3: so i guess the hope is that we see something new or uh dark from Bailey with her character whether that be some underhandedness to keep the title or, you know, Ember Moon winning it, causing Bailey to maybe get a little darker. Uh, I'm going to go because of maybe some choices I'm going to make later on the card. I'm going to go with Ember Moon on this one.
1: All right, Kyle. I'm going Bailey. I, I hope Ember shows something so she can, you know, kind of get another shot at some point down the future. I, I just can't see a title change here. I would say this match is the one I'm looking forward to
2: the least on the entire card. I mean, I wouldn't put it below Dolphin Bill Goldberg. I knew you but. would say that, but I,
1: I just think, like, because that match is going to just be short, like, it's just going to be, to me, it's going to be like, ah, Dolph lost again really quick.
2: I, I'm so, I'm I'm kind of intrigued with the finish on this one, and if they'll play into more of a heel Bailey, like afterwards, you know, like if Ember gets really close but Bailey retains, you know, how does she treat her afterwards? I could see them, you know, continuing to drop hints that she's headed down that dark path.
1: To your point, by the way, about this being kind of the secondary of the two women's title matches, man, on, on SmackDown, once Natty kind of left the premises, these two just kind of seemed like real
2: second fiddle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I think, uh, and this is gonna lead right into our next discussion. I think they've done a really good job of building Natty up as someone credible again after years of kind of being a joke on television. And the Canadian crowd is gonna play into that too. Crowd reactions all night are gonna be a big
1: again. Fifteen year anniversary of Bizarre World. I think crowd reactions all night are going to be a story on this show.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, like I said last week, I mean, Becky is playing into this like she thinks she's going to get booed because she keeps doing this hashtag Canada's new hero like that's going to get her booed, And she's 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 playing heel in the feud on Twitter, at least. I mean, I I don't think she's going to be
1: Steve Austin 1997 Canadian Stampede. I think well, it's no, not, not,
2: not, it, it is. Not that's a pretty extreme that,
1: example. <laughs> I, I don't think it is going to be that visceral. It will not be Shawn Michaels, you know, walking into Montreal. <laughs> these are pretty the Survivor examples. And by the way. <laughs> You talk about feed that into my veins. God, that entrance is one of like the greatest things that has ever happened in professional wrestling. Uh,
2: I'll, I'll go one step further. Sean in Montreal, when he teased that Brett was coming out on Raw and like, was it, 04, 05? 05 05. Yeah, the, build the
1: SummerSlam 05. Yeah. yeah,
2: that was that was one of the great moments. I don't know. That
1: Sean was grabbing the maple leaf, wiping his ass with it, and humping it. Eh. And JR and Jim Ross saying, well, I guess we uh, know who the crowd favorite is going to be tonight.
2: Is like one of my favorite things in pro wrestling. I didn't think that was that great. (laughs) I love the raw thing in Montreal, though. It was okay. But, yeah. But, I mean, no, like, to my point, though, uh, she's going to get more of a negative reaction than she's got anywhere in a long time. There's still going to be a lot of people that cheer her in the crowd. Don't get me wrong. But Natty's going to be getting more cheers than Becky on Sunday. And that's in this environment in Toronto for sure. And, i mean wwe is playing all the merchandising they're all playing into natty right now with the heart connection and all the heritage of the heart foundation and uh like uh a lot of the things i follow on twitter and instagram i mean they've really been pushing the lineage of natty and her uncle and her dad and so i think she's gonna get a huge response on the show i I said it last week. I said I wasn't I wasn't confident enough to pick her, but I could see it happening, and I'm I'm weighing it in my mind right now if I'm going to pick her or not. I do think there's some positives of doing the title change and freshening up Becky short term. Again, I don't think Natty would get a long title run or anything like that, but. I do think they have built her up as a credible challenger, and uh, the crowd is going to make her seem legit on Sunday. And I could definitely see her winning the title for a, a short run. Becky picks up some steam again as a challenger, and uh, you know probably wins it back in short order. But uh, I don't know. I'm 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 curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this after our discussion last week and after you've had a week to think about it and see television play out this week and more on social media, because this, this match has had great build on social media. TV has been pretty good too, but the stuff they've been doing on their Twitter pages has been really good. So Justin, what are you thinking right now?
3: I have, excuse me. I have not been near as into it as, as you, um, it just, it just feels to me like, hey, SummerSlam's in Toronto. Let's get Natalia in there because she's going to get a reaction. And I'm not even convinced that she's going to get a bigger reaction than Becky Lynch. Um, we've seen them do this with Natalia before where they just real briefly build her up. And before you know it, she's back to the mid card. I'm not ready for a Becky Lynch title change and i'm especially not ready for a becky lynch title change to natalia so i'm i'm going becky lynch
2: okay kyle
1: Uh, i'm pretty much exactly on the same page as justin joint here i think the argument against doing a title change just to quote unquote heat you know you know lights some fire under Becky, and then she wins it back. The argument against that is a match that we're going to talk about here in a few moments, Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. I don't think Seth Rollins losing that title has done him any favors whatsoever i I think it's only made the slide worse. so I don't think there's any guarantee that if you do a title change here that it benefits Becky. I actually I'll give credit where credits due. I think both women have done a tremendous job in the building this. um I think it's gotten. Becky back on the course she needs to be after that Lacey Evans feud just kind of sputtered to a finish. Um, and I think Becky needs should win here. I think, you know, even if you think that maybe Becky needs a shot in the arm, they need to do something different. Maybe you take, and maybe that's taking the title off her. I don't think you compound bad booking with more bad booking. And along the lines with Justin joint said, I think bad booking
2: is putting that, the title on Maddie. What's worse. Let me, let me throw this at you. What's worse. The title going back to Brock Lesnar to heat Seth up, or the title going back—not well—I guess going back. She's been a women's champion before, not this particular incarnation, but the title going to Natalia to heat Becky back up. Like, which which is a worse decision: putting the belt back on Brock or putting the belt on Natty for a, a run? What do you think, Justin?
3: I honestly, I think they're pretty equal. <laughs>
2: mm, okay. Kyle? I, I look
1: at it differently. I look at it as who you're taking it away from. I think Becky Lynch has been superior to Seth Rollins in her role. So it, from that regard, I would say taking the – I'll frame your question differently. Taking the title off Becky Lynch is worse than taking the title off Seth Rollins. You know
3: what? That That's a, a much better answer than mine. Ryan, can you edit – his out, and I'm just, ask re-ask me the question.
2: <laughs> Seriously? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. I think. No, I think those go, gonna happen. I whatsoever. think those work in tandem. No. Um. See, I I kind of disagree because I think I don't think you can look at just one side of it, and I think. Here we go. I think Seth's booking was not great as champion. We've talked about this, and then I think giving it back to Brock. You mean Listen to this podcast. Listen to the archives. We're talking about Brock burnout constantly. And to go back to Brock and then have that be a feud that Seth goes into right after he works this feud for two months with Baron Corbin that nobody wanted... You're talking about three months in a row of feuds that nobody wanted to see.
1: By the way, no Baron, no Lacey... For the last month. Yeah. On WWE television.
2: But that, this is why I asked you the question because I think that if you can you can say either of them maybe aren't a great choice, but I think putting a title belt back on Brock Lesnar in twenty nineteen is a way worse choice than putting uh, the belt. Oh yeah, I'll go to I'll 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 go on this uh, all day. Way worse choice. Then putting the belt on a character that you freshened up and made people take seriously, who's going to get a great response in their home country. I don't think you can compare them whatsoever. And so for me, well, what do you the,
1: do when she's not in like, are people really going to care? Like, it doesn't, matter if it's short, anymore? it
2: doesn't matter if it's a short term title title uh, run because you're heating Becky up anyways to get the title back. So, yes, they'll want to see Becky get the belt back. Becky's going to get not a great reaction at the show. And Becky has... You can't deny... I know you both would agree. Becky's title run, just her run in general, has lost a ton of steam since WrestleMania.
1: Not now. I think she's got... I think this feud has reinvigorated her. I think she's fine. I don't think there's any need to course correct right now. I think she's absolutely fine right now where she's at. I'm kind of with Justin, too. I'm not convinced that this is going to be like a one-sided crowd for Natty.
2: I didn't say or one-sided. Any, or anything
1: close to. Okay, guys, to.
2: rewind the podcast right now a couple minutes, because you'll hear me say that I... Do th- I have that I, function? I, I, said, <laughs> I said there'll be a lot of people cheering Becky, but more people will be cheering Natty in this match. Do we? Do you think that, Justin?
3: I heard him say that he thought Ntai was going to get a Road
1: Warriors pop. <laughs> 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 no, I, I think do do we do you think that Natty is going
2: to be like?
1: I think this is just going to be like a fifty fifty deal, kind of.
2: Dude, we, that, okay, that we that we, that d- that. we talk about the women's division all the time, and where's Becky going next? And that there's no challengers, and there's no depth, and why do they have two women's champions? So why would you be against creating another person? I just don't you can really buy? like
1: Natty Okay, I just I think she's very boring. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. So you're biased. No, Sasha, you're biased already, in this review. She's in the Tragos Thez Hall of Fame. My hat's off to her. It's a very wonderful career. I just don't. She's the not in the Tragos Thez Hall of Fame. Of, 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 I just don't think. Well, then there you go. That's one less reason to put the title on her. <laughs> All right. I just don't think she. I, I, that's just not compelling. Like the die is cast with her. She's I'm sure she's a wonderful woman. And I think she's done a great job in this role. Okay, she got an opportunity and she made the best of it. But, you know, not all challengers that make the best of it should win the title. And I just, I don't think Natty Nightheart should be a champion. I just don't.
2: All right. I completely disagree. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure that it's actually going to happen. <laughs> like I said, if I was putting money on it, I probably wouldn't bet on it. But I think there's a compelling reason to do it. And I completely disagree with you. I think Becky Lynch, I think her stock is way down since WrestleMania. I don't think she's been interesting in months. And uh, I think she could use a change. I, sh- I do think she could use a course correction because I like Becky Lynch a lot. And <laughs> go back again, go back and listen to the archives. Super high on Becky Lynch. But. By the way. I think, I think it's gotten really boring. And I think she retains and moves on to something else. It's just same old, same old. That's what I said last week. And uh, I'd like to see a title change here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the title change as my pick. Uh, By the way, it's because been a I year. think it could be justified. It's it's been a year. One year ago, it all changed for Becky Lynch. SummerSlam
1: 2018. I looked at that card uh, earlier today and I was like, man, what a dog poop card this was. Uh, But, you know, that was kind of the one thing that had some some long-lasting effect. Becky's heel turn on Charlotte that became the biggest baby face move she ever did. Yep. So, um, (laughs) you know, here we are. And, you know, another thing, too, that we haven't mentioned. I I know a lot of people don't like to think along these lines. She's on the
2: cover of this video game. They're not
1: taking the title off her.
2: that, That video game doesn't come out until October. So she would likely have the title back before then. Don't you think?
1: Yes. I mean, like you said, <laughs> talking i talking mean, about two did, months away. I mean, I mean, if they took the title offer, yes, it it would not be a long run. I just, I don't know if I see the need to do that.
2: I don't know. I think it'd be a nice moment for that crowd in that country, but we shall see. We shall see. So let's move on to the top men's uh, title matches. So Kofi and Orton. So we've been up and down on Randy Orton on this show throughout the years since 2016. when we started this podcast, but, uh, I like this feud quite a lot and uh, behind the Ricochet-AJ match I think this is like the next best match to probably score high on the ratings and uh, I think Kofi retains, hopefully retains but uh, I think it's going to be a really good match, I hope they're given a good amount of time and uh, yeah, I'm I'm picking Kofi let's uh, go to Justin
3: please God let it be Kofi I mean, that's really all I got. I, I'm i not as optimistic about the match quality just because, I mean, Randy Orton matches are just such paint by color for me. Like, they just, they don't do it. Like, it, he's a great wrestler, but there's nothing really unique in his matches. Um, And I, it just, with the story, it just doesn't make any sense for... Randy Orton to win this match, so please God let it
1: be Kofi. Yeah, I, I think this is a very easy call. It's going to be Kofi. You know, I I thought the video, pa- both video packages uh, over the last two weeks on Spectrum were great. One thing, though, is you know, and I know this is, this is a big Wade Keller take. Uh, he always likes to refer, use the word meta uh, in his WWE analysis, and this whole like being held down as a storyline we don't have enough time to get into this right now i realize but man it i don't know about that being the basis of this a storyline it kind of like undermines the point of matches where it's like we watch you know it's like randy really held me down but it's like well why couldn't you beat him in a pro wrestling match then like does that preclude you i mean and, and is, is are you not being held down now so the wwe just decides you win your matches so i you know I don't know. I know some people liked it. I don't know if I'm crazy about it. Um, Both video packages were great overall, though. And this is going to be a Kofi Kingston win. A win that will will probably be pushed as, oh, Kofi's a real champion now. And I quite frankly thought he was a real champion at WrestleMania. Yeah. And Randy Orton, by the way, imagine thinking Randy Orton isn't one of the smart ones. Okay. The smart ones know. The more you're on this WWE television, the less you get over. I mean, this guy, he sends in a video package, and then he hangs out with his wife for two weeks, going to match. My hat's off to you, Randy Orton. You truly are one of the smart people in this business. You know, not like this Seth Rollins who's bragging about how much he's wrestling all the time. Imagine that.
3: Yes. Randy Orton is very (laughs) hands-on.
1: Yes, I thought that was tremendous.
2: (laughs) His wife giving him the RKO, by the way, was awesome.
1: Yes, that was great. As soon as somebody sent me that video this morning, I knew exactly what was coming.
2: But it was great. Yeah. Um, All right, and then here we go. Speaking of Seth Rollins, and yeah, I'm picking Kofi as well. As I said, by the way, their '08 Survivor Series match where they were the captains is worth a watch again. By the way. Oh, nice. We got a secondary deep dive here this
1: week. Yeah, it it really it, it 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 it's a pretty darn good elimination match i think not one of like the premier elimination matches in the history, but a good one
2: hmm. all right so brock and seth does brock drop the title now and why are we getting this match again like how how would your anticipation level to this uh compare to the wrestlemania match that they had kyle
1: you know, I I wasn't, like, loving the WrestleMania match, really, because I just felt the title change was a formality. Um, here, I'm not as sure, um, but I'm looking forward to the match less. Seth's promo makes me think we're getting a title change. That and the fact that I'm not picking a lot of title changes on this show. Um, you know, they it seemed they edited it out on SmackDown. I'm getting up there in years, guys. Did I hear Seth conclude his promo on Raw by saying, I guarantee it? Yeah, he said, I guarantee it. Okay. I think Seth's winning. And because here's the thing. There's there's only one of... And Justin, I think it was the show just you and I did. You kind of alluded to this. There's only two ways you can go with Seth here. One is he wins the title back. Or two, he like goes heel. Because I, I don't see any value or cachet in Seth losing here and then like you know starting at the bottom and chasing again I, I don't think that's an attractive option one iota yeah so I'm picking Seth Rollins to win the title back and you know I don't know who knows maybe they just when they brought Brock into the fold got him his new contract they said well we'll give you another title run and they did and he's going to lose.
2: Or maybe it was as simple as getting the briefcase away from him and getting that over with, which would make you think why the hell did they get it on him in the first place? Yes, Justin.
3: I'm actually very intrigued by this match. I, this, Outside of maybe Styles-Ricochet, this might be the match I'm most looking forward to just because I, there are a lot of ways they could go with this one. There's the fact that it just feels too soon to take it off Lesnar after, you know, the cash in and everything and his was really the cash in just a way to put the title back on Seth when he seems to be at his uh, least creative or, you know, most down with the crowd point. And, you know, because like, I don't know if anybody believes that you put the title back on him and all of a sudden the crowd's going to be behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, Storyline wise, you have... A built-in reason for him to lose now, with all the uh, attacks Lesnar has on him. You also have that as maybe a red herring, that you know he's going to pull it out. You know, with the guarantee stuff. <sighs> I. Don't, this is. I. I think one way or another, this has to be a turning point with Seth Rollins. That they've got to do something interesting here but i just i don't think i see the the title change just feels a little too early for me as much as i i hate seeing brock lesnar with a title um i'm going to go with lesnar
2: yeah it's it's hard for me to see brock as much money as they pay him losing on the two biggest shows of the year to the same guy like it's i really don't want brock to be champion either and i would love to pick seth here but I'm I'm not really seeing it happening here either. I, I kinda side with what Justin said. I hope I'm wrong. Um which this also raises an interesting point because if Brock is gonna win, this can't go on last, right?
3: That's why I was kinda thinking uh Kofi and Randy would go on last.
2: Yeah. Well mm, I, I I think it could go on last regardless. Ooh. That would be really bad if Brock retains and this goes on last. I think that's going to be really, really bad. I don't know. I I feel like maybe the the match positioning on this will telegraph it a little bit, but we we shall see. I feel like Kofi should be put in that main event spot though. I mean he's he he's the he's the hotter champion by far at this point, and I I say give him the the final match on. I just think show. that that Matt like that result is such a formality that I don't think they're going to do that. It is to us, but I don't I don't know about the more general public though. who See, Randy as such a huge star. Randy Orton, by the way, fifteen years ago won his first world
1: title in Bizarro World. Oh yeah, that's right. And then was completely neutered by Triple H the next night on Raw. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I could like I say this <laughs> is this is a really difficult one to pick. Um, I'm leaning towards Brock. Right now, this is one that my, I might change when I do my Wrestle Rumble entry. Also, but uh, it, it seems early to take it off of him. Uh, TV makes it seem like Seth would win, just as like the underdog the last couple that weeks. Promo, man, I mean, what do you? Okay, if Seth Rollins doesn't win here, what the hell do you do with him?
1: He because you have weak, the, yeah. the audience has that you have booked him so weak the last two weeks. He's just gotten his ass handed to him by this guy and then he loses and I'm supposed to give a shit about this guy as a baby face no thank you they put the they built the reason in though
3: he had his ass handed to him for two weeks
1: Uh, if Seth Rollins loses this match frickin this guy if you think I'm gonna emotionally invest in this guy as a baby face again John Delaney signs are waiting for you
2: (laughs) oh man now I'm leaning towards changing my pick (sighs) Yeah, it's true. I mean, Seth's been getting his ass kicked for weeks. How can you buy him as the top babyface on Raw if he can't win this match? He's already beat Brock. He should be able to do it again. He was healthy then, though. I'm I don't know. It's I, it's really tough. I have a question. Who's the crowd behind in this match?
1: I also think that's very interesting. Mm, I, I think, think there's.
2: Seth. Uh, I don't know. I I, I just really feel like Brock has a lot of go away heat at this point. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of mouth breathers in this
1: world. I'll tell you
2: that. (laughs) Maybe they take the title off Brock so that, you know, he's gone for a few months and Heyman could just settle into his creative role and not worry about going on television. I like there are ways to use Brock is what, you know, the championship role is just
1: played out with him. Mm -hmm. You know, the absentee champion is just played out. I, yeah. we, we've seen it. I just I, I it's not something I mean if if he were to defend the title every month it'd be one thing but you know, I, I think the whole thing where he just, you know, works every other or every third pay-per-view is just, you know, is proven to be a quite frankly non-interesting uh scenario. All
2: right, I'm changing my pick. I'm going Seth Rollins. Kyle, you talked me into it. That's <laughs> right. So you guys, let us know what you think. Uh, send us a tweet at Top Rope Nation with your predictions and uh, what you think of our predictions. We'd love to uh, hear your thoughts. And uh, we talked yeah, about. And- per- By
1: the way, oh, but something you will be happy to hear, and I'm sure you noticed, Becky Lynch was not too keen on them doing that relationship storyline, was she? Did you check out those, some of the media she's done recently? Uh, I
2: did not see that yet. No. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, no. she was kind of like, yeah, I'm glad that's over with. I wasn't really in favor of doing that. No, it was bad. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was bad. Like I said at the time, I not not a fan of that. Speaking so. of predictions
1: in Canada, by the way, I'm very happy that the Calgary Stampeders covered the uh, seven and a half point spread tonight <laughs> in Winnipeg.
2: Nice, love the CFL action here on hey, the show. Not for, let's <laughs> not forget yeah <laughs> <laughs> We need to have a reincarnation of the ca- of the Canadian Stampede pay-per-view. Let's bring that back.
1: Okay. The Blue Bombers eking out a two-point victory, but it wasn't enough to cover the spread. <laughs> Who among us does not follow the CFL's Western
2: Division? <laughs> Apparently only Justin Joyne. I know I do. Oh, well, you do? No. Name me one other team in the CFL's Western <laughs> Division. I'll give you a dollar. No, uh, I do
1: not. Ar- Argonauts. They're in the East. Damn it. <laughs> The Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Edmonton Eskimos, and the British Columbia Lions.
2: Uh, You beat me to Googling it. Damn it. No. Uh, All right. So we we want to hit on NXT. We started the show talking about NXT, and we're going to finish the show talking about NXT. I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen a lot of NXT television of late. You aren't missing much because it... mm, They got a... Take takeover
1: because it's always the wrestling's always good. It really masks the fact that the creative has not been strong in NXT for a while, in my opinion. Yeah.
3: So, as far as predictions with this card goes, does it doesn't it really come down to outside of the women's matches as to whether or not you think undisputed era walks out with all the titles yes, or sure. if. They walk out with none and maybe move on to the main roster.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, in the kayfabe sense, it is, you know, how does Undisputed Era do? And then in the non-kayfabe sense, it's who's moving to the main roster. Because I feel that people that lose on this show are probably main roster bound. Um, not not the women. Well, in, in the women's title match, um, not you know, I think the Candice LeRae, Io Shirai match neither is moving on but um, I think of the other four matches on the title matches on this card um, there's an argument to be made that the losers um, depending who they are there's a very strong choice especially if there's title changes those people are going to the main roster
0: yeah
2: So let's just break it down. I wanted to bring in another voice uh, for these matches because he sent in his picks to the show. And this is a longtime supporter of Top Rope Nation. He's a patron of the show. He enjoys all the bonus content. It's Mr. Kyle Ryan out on the East Coast. And uh, I'm just going to start off these discussions by reading what he sent in. So on Candice LeRae and Io Shirai... His thoughts were, EO has to win this to keep her heel heat, right? Or does Candace have to win to give us a decently built-up face challenger for the title? Could go either way, but I'm picking EO if she doesn't get DQ'd. This is also my pick for most likely to have a funky finish. Your thoughts, Kyle?
1: You guys have your finger on the pulse of
2: modern-day society. Am I allowed to say EO
1: Shirai is very attractive as a heel?
2: I don't know. Is that your wife? Okay,
1: is, she doesn't. That's She doesn't listen to this program. Uh, it's all right. And When she does, it never. It's never longer than ten minutes. We're real, we're way deep into this. She ain't listening to the EO Shirai talk. I got news for you. Okay, uh, she no. Uh, Kyle is right. Um, she you know to me when somebody turns, they always need to win their first match to justify the turn and the behavior. I think she should cheat to win, and uh,
2: I'm picking EO. All right, Justin.
3: Hey, Kyle's talked me into it. You're sure I.
2: (laughs) I was also going to pick her too for the same reasons, the heel turn and everything. It it makes sense. Um, This one we talked about last week because they've been on Raw a lot in recent weeks and that's the Street Profits defending against Undisputed Era. And uh, Kyle Ryan sent in, he said, while Street Profits hasn't officially been called up to Raw, they might as well drop the belts. Anyway, this pay-per-view is going to be all about the uh, uh, Undisputed Era, and since it's the first time they're all in a position to walk away with titles, I predict that's what's going to happen. This won't be a match of the year, but it won't be awful. Other Kyle, your thoughts?
1: I thought the go-home segment these guys did on NXT TV was absolutely tremendous promo work. It It was the rare promo in 2019 WWE and you know NXT is just under that umbrella your main roster NXT whatever that really made me want to see the participants fight so um, you know I, I didn't think NXT TV quite frankly was great leading into this takeover but that's a segment maybe if you have some time go ahead and watch I am with the other Kyle the undisputed era is going to win the titles and I believe these Street Profits are off to the main roster uh, and that should probably telegraph some other picks from me later in this show.
2: Okay, Justin.
3: Yeah, I th- the main roster is uh, stacked. Um, it would be a very nice surprise to maybe see a run-in on SummerSlam with some undisputed era, but uh, I think NXT needs them a little bit more than the main roster does, and uh, yeah, spoiler alert, clean sleep, it's- no sweep, not
2: sleep. <laughs> Justin's getting tired. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree, especially with the two-hour show coming up, as we talked about. They might need the Undisputed Era. So I'm going with the Undisputed Era because that makes sense with more television coming up and also because, like we've seen, the Street Profits have been on television a lot and uh, it's probably going to be time to introduce them to ah. Raw pretty soon.
1: I'll push back a little bit on the other, cow. I think this match could be tremendous. I hope so. I think it could be absolutely tremendous. I mean, you know, if if this, this could be worked in a real old-school way, get the hot tag to Montez Ford, um, I think this could be an absolutely tremendous match. The show-stealer, if you will.
2: Oh, interesting, because this next one I'm going to... I was going to say is 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 this not the clear pick for match of the night with The Dream defending the North American Ooh. title against Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong because to me this is this is the one that should shine the most. This should be the match of the night all things considered. In my opinion, uh Kyle Ryan writes in on this. Pete Dunne was added to this to eat the pin, right? Roddy pins Dunne, wins the title but still protects Dream could lead to Dream trying to get revenge through Adam Cole for an NXT title shot? Not sure, but this could be a good one. Kyle? That's a believable
1: scenario. Another one is maybe the Dream goes to the main roster. Mm-hmm. Um, Roderick Strong, I'm going to pick him to win the North American title. Um, kind of interesting, by the way. It's something you know, big picture. They teased that Undisputed Era breakup, and now we're going in a complete different direction with them dominating NXT. Yeah. <laughs> I I wonder if there's been kind of some change in the creative room uh, of NXT over the course of 2019 because, you know, Roderick Strong lost to Matt Riddle at the last takeover. And and Riddle was kind of shunted down the card, you know, not even on takeover this time. And and Roddy may walk away with the North American title. As a matter of fact, I'm predicting
2: him to win it. Mm -hmm. Justin?
3: Yeah, I'm going uh, Roderick Strong, too. I just love the dynamic of this match you got you know kind of the the king of the uh american indie style versus, you know british strong style versus i mean king of old school just axe handles and, and back scratches uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this match plays out but i do think strong is going to get the win
1: is roderick strong the closest thing we've had to chris redacted since chris redacted in terms of style that he works
3: yeah i mean it's i mean you probably make an argument for daniel bryan but yeah
2: yeah i think i think i'm gonna pick roddy strong too i think to me this might be the match of all of them SummerSlam, and this that i'm most looking forward to to be honest i think this is going to be a hell of a match and uh I am going to pick Roderick Strong also, but uh, I would love to see Dream call up the main roster after this because he's clearly ready. I think he could be one of the best NXT call-ups they've had in a long, long time. He's a character.
1: He's, yeah. got a car- he's not just some
2: guy, oh, here, what's this guy's deal? Oh, he's a good worker. Yeah, yeah. this is a guy that can shine on the main roster, and I feel like they can, they, they shouldn't be waiting around on it. They should move him up. So, yeah, I'll go with the title change here. And then we get to the women's title match with Shayna Baszler defending against Mia Yim. And Kyle Ryan writes in Mia Yim isn't a champion. If this isn't a squash, it should be. Baszler is walking away, still the champion. I know I met some people down in uh, New Orleans last week. Last week. I wish last week. Last year. That. uh, might disagree with that because uh, it, was, yeah. it was a friend of Derek who was a big Mia Yim fan. I remember talking to at the uh, the shows down. I think at the Progress Show down there. Um, Kyle, your thoughts? I think there could be a title change. Uh, I think with Shayna, if she
1: wins here, you know, it's kind of that Oscar syndrome again, where it's like, okay, now no one like you've trained your audience to believe that no one can beat her. Which isn't always a good thing. Kind of like um,
2: Becky Lynch? No, I don't think it's like that at all, quite frankly.
1: <laughs> um, I just had to throw that in. No, uh, I, I think the build to this has actually been very good. Um, I could see a title change here. Um, hmm. If Shayna loses here, obviously, she's prime main roster bound. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go title
2: change. Me Yim. Okay, Mr. Joint. Yeah,
3: I guess I don't I don't know what they do going forward, so I I support the title change. Me Yim. Yeah. I'm
2: I'm I'm going with Shayna here. We've been talking about a lot of title changes on this show. I think this one stays put. I'm going with Shayna Baszler. I like Mia Yim, but I don't I don't think she's the one to... Not quite yet. Not the one to dethrone Shayna. Just just yet, but we shall see. Uh, and then the main event, two out of three falls. We've seen this one before. Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. Uh, Kyle Ryan writes in, We know how this plays out, right? Johnny wins Adam's stipulation. Adam wins Johnny's. And it comes down to the mystery stipulation. I have a feeling it'll get funky in this match. We can guarantee appearances by the Undisputed Era and maybe even Tommaso Ciampa. I'm saying Adam Cole walks away with the win, but we're going to get a huge ending with this one. All caps huge. And he says, can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Kyle? It really was disconcerting
1: to learn over the last week or so. I was listening to Jim Ross's podcast. Meltzer only gave that Canadian stampede 10-man four and a quarter. <sighs> imagine thinking Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano playing grab ass for
2: 30 minutes is better than that 10-man. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine it because I don't think that person. I, I mean, come on. That's bad. But
1: um, No, I don't think Johnny Gargano is going to win here, and I think he's probably going to go to the main roster pretty soon. Adam Cole wins and the Undisputed Era has got all the titles. And I'm not – look, this to me has gotten to what we saw with Johnny and Tommaso last year. It's the law of diminishing returns by the third time around. Yeah. They, 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 they do so much in every match that, like, you know, that w- w- it's tough. What do you come back with the third time? What have you not done? And I think that, you know, the interesting question I'll throw to you guys, what is the third st- match stipulation going to be, do you think?
3: Well, you got to probably rule out Steel Cage. Um,
1: yeah, that is true because what are they going to like run down real quick with like, are you going to just like yeah. set these guys running down with the cage?
3: So Johnny and Tommaso, they they had a last man standing, correct? Yes. So does that rule that out or maybe plays into it? Because I guess their first match was kind of a street fight. Uh huh. I, I mean, what other options do you have? I mean, you're, they're not going to do a submission because we already have a submission match this weekend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, By the way, that's another reason I'm picking Becky Lynch. They're not going to have her tap out, are they?
3: Ooh, that's a good
2: call. They could do the uh, they could do the Steve Austin WrestleMania thirteen. She passes out in the sharpshooter.
1: I think they should just do a screw job on Natty. Teach Brett a lesson. <laughs> so yeah, they haven't.
2: They certainly haven't done enough screw jobs over time in the last twenty two years. <laughs> <laughs> That'll learn her. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I in that one, I think that's kind of they'll go along like with something like that. Becky passes out or something. But, but uh, what, what do you, what do we think the third? Because Justin, I, I was gonna a, I was gonna say submission match. Honestly, before Justin pointed out that out. So, I mean, I
3: guess falls count anywhere. I mean, the the yeah. weirdest thing to me is is there's are they starting with the street fight and no. then that
1: would make no, no sense. I mean, I mean, they could, but I, I don't think it would make much sense
3: okay that's that's how i read it but maybe i'm wrong hopefully i'm wrong so yeah that definitely does not make sense um yeah i mean i guess I, pinfalls count anywhere in which you, i guess you can do some shenanigans there where you know adam cole ends up with the title So yeah. i think you know i i gotta think this show goes off the air with undisputed air with all the gold yes
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know. You could do like a I guess it's a no DQ <gasps> match would be kind of be like a street fight, but then you could involve Champa coming out and the Undisputed Era coming out and Undisputed Era helps Cole win or something. Justin How? gasped, I want to know why. <laughs> I just thought
3: of Kyle's worst-case scenario. What if yeah, the first pin falls pretty quick? The second uh street fight um doesn't go too long because this is a street fight. You know, maybe somebody takes a hard hit or something. The third fall, Iron Man match. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and now begins a sixty minute Iron Man
2: mash. No, they can't do that. They can't do that. Oh no. That would be bad.
3: A 30 minute.
2: Even that would be bad after two falls. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you want Great. to do that.
0: Sign
1: me up. <laughs> Although we do know who's, you know, running the show with, you know, you know I hope this doesn't get too, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Gratuitous, a.k.a. the three stages of hell. But we know the two guys producing this, so it could. It could get too overindulgent, (laughs) is my fear with this match.
2: Yeah. Uh, Well, like I said, I'm taking Adam Cole. We're all taking Adam Cole. Baby. All right. Uh, So that's TakeOver. TakeOver. And uh overall between Sunday and Saturday, a lot of wrestling to watch, but she should be a really G1. good G one. G one too. Yeah. Should be should be a good weekend though, if you love pro wrestling. So um Kyle, before we get to your deep dive of the week, we did get a listener email last week that I wanted to get to. Oh Yeah, I think it's from a uh, a friend of yours, by the way. Oh no. <laughs> So uh, this is from Greg K. Oh, yes, Greg K. Yes. That should be a good email. And uh, this actually came in while we were recording the show last week, but I wanted to make sure to get it on the air. So I, I saw it like right after we finished last week, and it's about a subject that was in the news last week, but... Uh, We can still talk about it. He says, so is it going to take one of the Usos flipping a car or killing someone for (laughs) WWE to take this drinking and driving stuff seriously? Every other sport holds athletes responsible for their behavior. WWE, in their statement, did the exact opposite. So do you want to address this first, Kyle, since uh, you and Greg are good friends? What do you think of the way the uh, Usos drinking and driving situation was handled. they should be taken off tv and there should be rehab
1: mandatory rehab yeah yes yes there's um,
2: no doubt about it i mean with multiple violations within the same year yeah yeah for sure um I, I was i was pretty shocked by the way that they handled this with their official response wwe you know basically yeah, implying that's that all they oh, always they make, say yeah but i mean like other situations they they've come down harder on other people for like aren't they harder on marijuana use than this? yeah, it depends who you are. some <laughs> people just pay the pot- some people just
1: pay the pot tax and move on yeah
2: it it just seems like they're not <laughs> as we talk about what we were drinking during this show. It just seems like to me i I was pretty shocked with how lackadaisical they were with with that story coming out, and they didn't at least on screen they didn't seem to you know or publicly. Penalize them too much. I'm sure behind the scenes it was much different.
3: How amazing would it be if it's the Usos who ran that card?
2: Oh <laughs> they got backstage footage, and there they are, like walking around with flasks.
1: <laughs> you know, I thought I was like, man, if that was the idea, oh. that it can't happen
2: no more. Oh man. <laughs> no, but I think Greg, Greg, I think we're all on the same page with you there. I, I thought it was pretty bad the way they handled it, and. Uh, should have been taken a lot more seriously. I hope behind the scenes it was taken more seriously, and I kind of expect that it was, but uh Maybe the, they were
1: sent to wrestler court.
2: Yeah. Remember that? Is that still even is that, is that still in session? Yeah, didn't the Undertaker used to lead that? Yes, yes, him and JBL. Yeah. So I don't know. I I hope behind the scenes it was taken more seriously, because it, it that's pretty bad. But uh Kyle, speaking of the old days and the Undertaker's Wrestler Court. I think it's time to go back in time and conclude this broadcast with the Kyle Ross I Love the Sport Deep Dive of the Week. You told us you were taking us back to a Summerslam of days gone by. Let's hear it.
1: Yeah, you know, not very deep this week. a special SummerSlam edition. Question for you guys, just real quick. With WrestleMania, I think most people would cite either Brett and Steve or Sean Taker as their favorite match, right? Yeah. Okay. It's so it's kind of a short list. I feel SummerSlam's kind of a wider list. What's the best? I I don't think there's that strong consensus. On you know I, I think there's a large group of maybe I don't know eight nine ten matches where people could really differ. Um, I'm going to submit a take here that I think the best SummerSlam match ever may very well have been CM Punk and Brock Lesnar. In 2013. And I invite you, the listener, to check that match out this week. I mentioned it earlier, kind of spoiled it. But that's going to be my deep dive of the week. I think that match has an argument as the best SummerSlam match in history. That is a bold statement, my friend. It is definitely Michael Cole's but finest call. Um, And it is probably, you know, the Money in the Bank... 2011 was obviously an extenuating circumstance. CM Punk was not a true babyface in the promotional time. He was obviously a massive babyface to that live crowd, but he was not a true babyface. SummerSlam 2013 against Brock may have been the finest babyface performance, and I'll go on record and say it was, of CM Punk's career. Hmm. Unbelievable match.
2: I don't know if I'd rank it that high, but I think I need to rewatch it, Kyle, which is why I love these segments. Because yes. I you know, upon first watch back then live, I don't I don't think I would have ranked it above Brett Perfect or Brett Davy, but uh Oof. Maybe my mind has changed. Maybe I need to revisit it. I'll tell you what, neither punk
1: or Brock has a performance as weak as Davy in that SummerSlam match. <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's the greatness of Brett the Hitman heart to carry that? It match. Is true. Yeah.
1: I, I think there's, it's funny. I actually wouldn't, uh, for me, I think there's three, four, five matches you can make an argument for top SummerSlam match ever. Um, that Punk Lesnar, I think Sean and Hunter, as much as I've been as critical of Sean and Hunter, uh, on recent weeks on this podcast, um, that match was just tremendous storytelling in 2002. The best SummerSlam of all time, in my opinion. And, you know, TLC from 2000, I think, also has an argument as well.
2: I would say TLC, for sure. I would agree on uh, Shawn and Triple H, which is one of my... Yeah, that's one of my top ten favorite SummerSlam matches of all time. I think Brett and Owen in the cage is the best cage match in WWE history. <laughs> Um,
1: yeah, the, the the whole thing is they were inhibited by WWE cage match rules. Yeah, I think they they did the best they could with those silly gym class rules.
2: Well, of the blue cage matches, that's the best one. Yes, easily, I think. Yes, it um, is. Brett, perfect. I uh, I don't know, but uh, I I think it's worth a rewatch. Justin, you have any thoughts? Um, uh,
3: Shawn Michaels and Hogan.
2: Probably, <laughs> Sean exaggerating, bumping all over the ring. Oh. Do you have any thoughts on uh, Punk and Lesnar?
3: No, I actually I just fired it up on the network.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He'd like run back to the microphone because he was over in the recliner turning it on. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know, I I know I'll be watching it. I love these segments, Kyle, because you give me a reason to turn on the network and watch something i haven't watched in a while and this is one that i think i've only ever watched one time live when it aired so
1: wow i'll make a I'll, i'm gonna take it a step further i think other than wrestlemania 10 i think SummerSlam 2013 has the best one-two match combo in wwe pay-per-view history
2: all right remind me what's the other one cena and lesnar uh cena and brian
3: yeah oh yeah and that, okay that would probably be my choice i i'd probably lean towards cena and brian
1: that that has an argument too. They're both to, to me. They're both in my top four or five Summerside matches of all time.
2: Yeah, I, I remember liking the Cena Bryan match more than the Punk Lesnar match. But I I liked I liked the build to Punk Lesnar. I remember. So I remember being pretty excited Brock, to watch. Brock that. was just like God. It was this was before like for all you people,
1: and you know, Ryan, I know you're one of these people who. Think he just became such a worse worker when he became reliant on the Suplex City shit. Watch this. He was a, I, he was just so much better, Brock. Uh, here, I, I would say this match and the match he has with Cena at Extreme Rules 2012 are without question Brock Lesnar's two best matches of all time. Well, Again, you agree? With, like,
2: you agree with that point, don't you? That the Suplex City stuff kind of ruined him a little bit.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. But by the way, imagine thinking John Cena's a bad wrestler. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable.
2: I mean, the latter half of his career really changed my opinion of John Cena quite a bit. I mean, he he was having good matches out almost every time. So, I, I, I will admit, during the heyday of John Cena and the old Super Cena stuff, I did get pretty bored of his title runs, but... He always delivered. Always delivered. So, yeah. Looking back, it's hard to complain too much. All right, guys. Well, I think that brings us to a close this week. Episode 110 in the books. Any parting thoughts before we wrap it up? Um,
1: No, not really. Just interested to see anything added to SummerSlam. Yeah, it, it sounds like I, the
2: card is fluid, so...
1: Yes, I think I, I would suspect we will get a Roman Reigns appearance on the show. We just don't know what that will be, whether it will be a match or some sort of angle.
2: Imagine thinking Roman Reigns is being pushed down your throat as he doesn't even have a match on SummerSlam right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Braun Strowman, by the way, not
2: on this card. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I Yeah, I, I would agree, though. I would, I would think Roman will somehow get on the show. Uh, Justin, parting thoughts?
3: Ah, sweet corn season is the best.
2: Oh, yeah. Agree. A good Iowa boy, Justin Joint. He Damn knows Right. Just
3: up. like Seth Rollins.
2: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, like I said, check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash rope nation. Subscribe. So when we do the live cast next week, which will be open to everyone, not just Patreon supporters, you can check us out and join in on the fun. Uh, We'll be debuting a whole new studio to uh, set out that live feed and a lot of new features that we haven't had in the past. Uh, Patreon.com slash TopRopeNation where you can check out our giveaway for the Macho Man Randy Savage uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusive figure that you can win from us. Sign up and you'll have a pretty good chance of winning. Uh, That post is public if you want to see all the details on our Patreon page on how to win. And uh, as always, we're on Twitter at Top Rope Nation. Same thing on Instagram, Facebook. You can look us up, Top Rope Nation Wrestling Podcast. And follow all of us at Ryan Drosty, at Justin Joint, and at TRP Kyle. Enjoy a weekend filled with pro wrestling, and we will catch you guys next week. And if you're on Patreon, we'll see you with Top Rope Nation Extra on Monday. Have a good weekend.